Welcome to 49ers Access, episode number 10 of the podcast. There's no guest this week, it's just me, your host, Sterling Bennett. Gonna run down some quick things before the Niners have to make their roster cuts this Saturday. And guess what, guys? We are under two weeks away from opening weekend, opening day against the Arizona Cardinals, and I cannot be more pumped. But before we get into that, we have some things we have to talk about before Saturday, prior to the Niners making their roster cuts. We're going to get into the receiver situation. Is there concern with the injuries? I think so. We'll get into that. The biggest worries prior to the season opener. Some final roster predictions. Only a few. I'm not going to go break down every 53-man roster. I'm just going to talk about some guys who I think are kind of going to break out. Or some guys who I think you know, maybe have underperformed in camp. I'll give you my week one prediction. The biggest surprises and letdowns in camp before roster cuts. And one player who I think has made the biggest push for a roster spot. So let's jump right in. The 49ers find themselves in an interesting position when it comes to, well, the receiver position. Uh, Debo Samuel had the Jones fracture. He looks like he's going to be healthy. I think Kyle Shanahan is expecting him to be healthy. Richie James Jr. posted on his Instagram today, uh, you know, kind of pretty much saying, I'm a free man. <laughs> um, so it looks like Richie James Jr. will be back. Then that gets us to guys like Dante Pettis, Trent Taylor, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Ayuk, I haven't really heard a an injury update. Uh, I have heard that, again, just like Debo and Richie James Jr., that Kyle Shanahan expects them to play. But again, I cannot confirm or, or give you anything more than, let's hope. <laughs> uh, but with that said... Uh, Dante Pettis has been a major surprise this uh, this camp. Uh, we all know the story last year. Got in Shanahan's doghouse, uh, was barely targeted late in the year, wasn't even activated uh, for the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. Uh, he didn't like that. He hated that. Called it the final straw. Uh, that obviously lit a fire under him, which is great to see. Uh, it sucks that it takes something like that to to do uh, so, but you know that is what it is when it comes to his career. But hopefully... And it seems to be the case that Dante Pettis, at least in camp and from what we've seen so far, that he has turned his career around to a certain point. Obviously, have to wait and see when it comes to the regular season as to what his role is in the offense because he is going to be behind guys like Debo, Kendrick Bourne, Trent Taylor, Brandon Ayuk when he's healthy and if he's healthy. Uh, but even if Dante Pettis is the fifth guy on the roster, Kyle Shanahan will find a way to get him in the offense. He was doing that last season when Pettis really wasn't doing much. Uh, I remember the Arizona Cardinals game on Halloween night, caught that big touchdown. That Steelers game when Pettis really wasn't doing much, he caught the game-winning touchdown. Uh, so Kyle Shanahan obviously has uh, a love for Dante Pettis, and he'll work him into the system. So I think Pettis will see a massive uh, increase in play percentage this season. Not saying he's going to be the number one guy, what I am saying is that expect Dante Pettis to at least have some sort of a higher impact in the Niners offense this season. Uh, I already mentioned Trent Taylor. Oh my gosh. I mean, uh, I'm someone who who gushed about him all the way back in 2017 before Garoppolo was even here. Uh, but I think one thing that stood out to me in 2017 when Garoppolo got to San Francisco was the chemistry 
they have. Uh, they had it in 2017. Obviously, Taylor's had some injuries. Jimmy G had some injuries uh, that cost them both a full season apiece. Uh, but when they're on the field together, it's like lightning in a bottle. And uh, the easy thing to say here is, but I think it's very valuable and I think it's very valid that when the Niners brought Wes Welker over from New England, from Denver, out of retirement uh, to be the receivers coach, the the connection was easy. It's a, it's a short wide receiver coaching a short wide receiver. Uh, so the connection is easy to make. And, you know, yeah, it's easy to say, well, Trent Taylor is going to be the next uh, Wes Welker. But let, let's just be honest here. Looking at the system San Francisco runs, it favors guys like Trent Taylor. It favors guys that can run the small slant right over the middle. Guys that are shifty can get open really fast, can get off the line of scrimmage extremely fast and make one simple cut for 10 yards after the catch. That's Trent Taylor's archetype, and that's exactly who his receiving coach is. There's a reason why the Niners brought in Wes Welker. I'm not saying it's exactly for Trent Taylor, but Wes Welker's archetype fits this Niners system. There's a reason why guys like Debo uh, and Trent Taylor and Ayuk and will and have succeeded, uh, whether in the short time they've played uh, or in the future when they will play. Those guys, that archetype works so well, and, and the... The repertoire that that Taylor bring to the offense is, I don't want to say unlike anything else the Niners have right now, but if you're asking me who's going to be an X-factor on this Niners offense this season, sure you can go with Mostert, McKinnon, maybe he's back from an injury, Debo Samuel, obviously great last season, Dante Pettis maybe, Brandon Ayuk and his speed, Kendrick Bourne and his third down receptions, but I'm going to go with Trent Taylor. That's a guy who many teams aren't going to circle on the chalkboard, but he's the guy who ends up each game with 6 to 10 receptions, around 80 yards, and a touchdown. If you ask me, Trent Taylor is the number 2 receiver behind Kendrick Bourne by default, but if Debo and Ayuk are still healthy, Trent Taylor is still the starting slot receiver, and he's probably going to play the majority of every down in Kyle Shanahan's system. That's how good Trent Taylor is for this 49ers offense now. We need to talk about something else when it comes to the receiving core. Is that who's going to be the veteran guy? Uh, is Juwan Jennings making this team? Uh, to me, it looks like he'll be a practice squad player just because of you know COVID and uh, and what's going on. But I mean, this this off the top of my head, you got Debo. That's one. Ayuk, Bourne, Taylor, Pettis. That's already five. You got Richie James in there. That's already six. Yes, Muhammad's new became a free agent today and there obviously is a good connection with Shanahan. Shanahan loves bringing in his guys, Tevin Coleman, uh, Jordan Reed, Ben Garland, Tom Compton. You can go down the list of guys Shanahan had in previous places that he's brought to San Francisco and how well they've worked out. Uh, but I don't think so. Obviously that, that, that deal, that situation depends on money and how limited San Francisco is when it comes to the salary cap. I think they have around $8 million left, roughly maybe six. Uh, but again, they'll want to save that money uh, for next offseason due to COVID-19 and due to the impact it's having uh, on the sour cap. So this all comes down to, does San Francisco want to keep seven receivers and designate Richie James Jr. to a special teams player? Or do they want James to be part of the offense? And if, and if it's the latter, then they're probably not going to carry seven receivers. But if it's the first choice and he's going to be designated for uh, or as a special teams player, I fully expect San Francisco to carry a seventh 
receiver. Now, who is that guy? Is it Jawan Jennings? That makes the most sense to me. He's a young guy. You can kind of, I, I won't say bury him on the roster, but then, but he doesn't have to play that much. He can be a guy who comes in, you know, when, when guys like Debo and Ayuk are tired and KB's tired, uh, and he can just fill a body, uh, and they can work him in slowly. Uh, Kevin White is also there. Some other guys there too that really don't they don't they don't make me go oh yeah he's gonna have an impact. And th- those guys are like the Jordan Matthews of last season guys you bring in who rarely play but can you know suit up and provide a depth piece when needed. But uh, right now, if Debo Samuel and and Brandon Ayuk are healthy, there's no reason to worry when it comes to the Niners receiving core. But let's be honest here. Even if Debo Samuel's out, even if Brandon Ayuk's out, let's say they're both out four weeks. Not likely, but let's say they are. Let's say they miss the Cardinals, the two trips to New York, and that uh, primetime Eagles game. I'm still not that worried. Shanahan won five games in a row in 2017 without Kendrick Bourne, without Debo Samuel, without guys like Ayuk. It was really just Trent Taylor, George Kittle, and fill in the role. And that's no disrespect to the guys who were there. I know, and and I know KB was there, but he wasn't the guy who he is now. Uh, but but Shanahan's done it with worse. Shanahan coached Browns teams and won games, and so then you bring in the talent San Francisco has, the quarterback San Francisco has. I'm not worried. Taylor's healthy. Pettis is hopefully healthy. They I've even heard rumors that he might be the number one going into the year if guys like Debo and Brandon Ayuk are not healthy. Uh, that's crazy. Part of me goes, did, did, did Kendrick Bourne die? <laughs> like, maybe that isn't the joke to be making now in the current situation. But uh, but even then, if you give me a kind of, I don't want to say a rebirth, but kind of a rejuvenated Trent Taylor and Dante Pettis and a consistent Kendrick Bourne with a guy like Richie James Jr. who knows the system very well, and maybe a veteran guy like Tavon Austin and Kevin White who can fill that depth role, and maybe Jawan Jennings who can just be a physical monster across the middle in the slot as well, I'm not worried. Yes, the matchups don't look nice. Darius Slay is covering Dante Pettis. Oh, what a mismatch. But it's don't forget Kyle Shanahan. Let's not forget Kyle Shanahan runs the offense. Jimmy Grapple is a top 12 quarterback on his worst day, top 8 on a great day. They have the best rushing attack besides Baltimore, only because they have a quarterback in the NFL with an upgraded offensive line. So, so, so let's not go crazy, uh, and, and let's not get carried away. Even if guys like Debo and Ayuk are out, the Niners are going to be okay. I'm not worried about the receivers. But let's get into what I actually am worried about. I think that would be important to get into. Obviously, we do not know exactly who's going to make the team, but the one thing I am... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm a little worried about, and this kind of feeds into the receiving issue, is the injuries. That isn't to say that I wasn't worried about it last season, but we saw how injuries hurt this team. There was a period there in the offseason, this offseason to be exact, where it seemed like every player, every star player, every rookie was dropping like flies with 
whether serious or just nagging injuries that not only affected them in college or last season. Uh, Kittle had a hamstring. Ayuk had the hamstring. Deba broke his foot. Uh, James had an injury. D. Ford had an injury. There's guys that were on the injury list that you're just like, oh my gosh, oh my god, like what, what the heck can we do? Like everyone's hurt. Everyone's gonna be out. Are they gonna play week one? And there was a lot of questioning as to whether Kittle and Bosa and Ford and guys like that are they gonna be ready for week one? And their injuries weren't even that severe. You know, ben Garland might not be healthy. Weston Richburg. Uh, he's not going to play until at least week eight. And so uh, there is some concern with injuries that are not primarily centered on the receiving core. And sometimes I don't really believe Niner fans see that because, you know, let's be honest here. We all see how good this team is. We see how deep this roster is. But who's playing center? Who's playing center? Is Daniel Brunskill, who I like, is he playing center? I don't know. Is the guy you pull out the practice squad or the guy you pull off the street that DJ Jones runs through every single training camp practice, is he playing center? No. So the Niners have to figure out positions like that. Positions like who's playing center. Uh, the receiving core is fine. The running back core is fine. Obviously, quarterback is fine. But, but if you're asking me, yes, the Niners have a very top-heavy offensive line. Trent Williams, Mike McGlinchey. Lakin Tomlinson, underrated when it comes to the rushing game. Uh, Brunskill was solid last season. Compton looks okay, but he's familiar with Shanahan's system, so I'm not worried about him to a certain point because when guys like Garland and Richburg come back, I think Brunskill gets that job, and the starting five is cemented. But going into Week 8, without Ben Garland, without Weston Richburg, for the first eight weeks of the season... There has to be some worry as to, hey, the guy who's standing right in front of Jimmy Garoppolo, who's that going to be? Now, again, it's Kyle Shanahan. It's a good system. So he's going to say, hey, you know, when, where, how can I move my quarterback? What plays can I run? Where's my weaknesses? And he'll work through that. But still, there is some worry there. And when it comes to the defensive line, I don't know what to think of D Ford. He says he's healthy, the healthiest I've been in my entire career, the healthiest I've been in a long time. Yeah, we hear that every single offseason with someone, and they don't do jack squat. That doesn't mean D Ford's a bad player. D Ford's a phenomenal player. We saw how good this team was last season when D Ford's on the field. There's a reason why when D Ford was off the field, the Niners' defense looked and felt a little different. Now, that doesn't mean they're incapable but when you factor in guys that have injury history like DJ Jones, like Ronald Blair III, like D. Ford, even Nick Bosa, while not, while not serious, he has injury concern. Whether it's the ankle or the shoulder, there is cause for concern. Now, how much cause? That's a different question. But when it comes to D. Ford and Ronald Blair and Julian Taylor and DJ Jones... Anytime they make contact, anytime they're on the field and a guy goes down, where does your mind go? Oh my God, I hope that's not D Ford. Oh my God, I hope that's not Ronald Blair. Oh God, I hope that's not DJ Jones. Those are the guys you worry about. And even now in 2020, with how crazy this year has been, when the Niners take the field in less than two weeks, 
and someone gets hurt, your mind and my mind is going to go, for the love of God, please make sure that's not D Ford. Because he's that important to this team. And I love D Ford. He's a great guy. He's a good player. And it's really not his fault that his body seems to not be holding up for 16 games and plus a playoff run. That's not his fault. He's a great player. There's a reason why John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan decided to pay him so much money two off-seasons ago. There's a reason why they traded a second-round pick for D. Ford on top of the contract they gave him. But in the back of your head, as soon as they suit up in two weeks, you're going to think, for the love of God, get the bubble wrap out and put it all around D. Ford's body because I can't stand to see him get hurt one more time and possibly cost this team one to two more wins. And that's just the truth. That's the truth. I love D. Ford. I hope he's healthy. A a healthy D. Ford is a 13-sack player. That's how good he is. So, whether you're religious or not, I hope you're on your hands and knees come week one saying, Please, Lord, please, 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 please make D. Ford healthy. Please, please protect him. Please have your watching eye over him. Please help D. Ford not get hurt. I hope you're doing the... I hope you're holding the rosary and all that stuff because the Niners need D Ford to be healthy. Some other worries. I'm not worried about the linebacking core, although Fred Warner, uh, I don't know if he has COVID or not, but he was on the list of players who I think tested positive for COVID or he had a COVID scare in in regards to being around someone who has COVID. So uh, I guess keep him in your thoughts and prayers too. Uh, you know, I hope he's okay. I, I would assume he's okay. You know, the, the death rate's very low, but still always a concern when anyone gets sick of anything. Um, but he may not be ready for week one. That's that's kind of scary. Who's playing middle linebacker? Who's playing Mike? Who's playing Will? I mean, obviously you have guys like Greenlaw and Alexander who can hold down Fort for a week, but he's arguably our best defensive player besides Bosa. And, and I might even say Fred Warren is better than Nick Bosa, not because of talent-wise, but his production, what he does, uh, and what we don't see being a leader. Same thing goes when Navarro Bowman played for the Niners. And that's the kind of sense I get from Fred Warner. Where, yes, we we appreciate Fred Warner. We appreciate Navarro Bowman. But the NFL really doesn't. They go, oh, yeah, he was good. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was a good player. But no, Navarro Bowman was a great player. A great player. Fred Warner right now, he's a good player. But he's going to be a great player. And so not having him on the field, that's a detriment to the defense. And so hopefully that gets worked out. And he's okay. Uh, when it comes to the secondary of this Niners team, I'm not worried. I'm not. Jason Verrett looks insane. He's been CB number two. Uh, uh, Robert Sala and Kyle Shanahan won't name a starting uh, corner uh, across from Sherman. Of course, Sherman, Sherman, yes. I know there's worries. But, but the Chiefs burned him over and over and over again. It's Richard Sherman. He learns. He adapts. As he gets older, he, he will adapt to where his body and what his body can do. He'll be okay. I understand that there is some hesitation to go, Richard Sherman, he's the best cornerback in the league. He's going to be fine. He, yes, he's older, but he's smarter. Richard Sherman is arguably one of the smartest defensive players in the NFL right now. When his body goes, he'll use his brain, he'll use his 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 smarts, <laughs> to to continue the play that we've known for nearly a decade. So we're okay there. Verrett's been great. Emmanuel Mosley's only going to get better. Uh, one question I do have is, is Kwan Williams going to be healthy? And again, this kind of goes back to the injury concerns of what I'm really worried about going into 2020. 
Uh, he seems to be okay. He returned to practice this week after an ankle injury. It uh, wasn't too severe, so it looks like that the top three, top four corners are going to be cemented as Sherman, Verrett, Sherman, Mosley, whoever's number two there. But Sherman, Verrett, Mosley, and Williams will all be there. Uh, Witherspoon's back. Uh, from what I've heard, he's kind of been the same player. He hasn't taken a step like we've hoped so. Like Dante Pettis, obviously his weakness last year was the consistency we didn't see a lot of the time. My mind goes to the first drive of the game from Minnesota in the playoffs. I go, they're just going to target Witherspoon. Seattle did the exact same thing in Week 17, and Witherspoon got benched. Minnesota did the exact same thing, and Diggs scored a touchdown on the first drive. Then he got benched. Uh, so seeing consistency is something we, I haven't really heard of that we've seen in camp so far, but... As a number three, number four corner, that's, that's, not, that's not bad. That's pretty darn good. Because let's be honest here again, I know I've said it a lot, Witherspoon is, he's fine. He's a fine number four corner that has potential to be a number two. And as a Niner fan, I'd be pretty pretty okay with that going into the year. Uh, guys like Tim Harris, battling back Mendry, haven't heard a lot of. I heard Jamar Taylor looked phenomenal in the slot. He can be one of those veteran practice squad guys that kind of float around depending on what they want and, and, and what Taylor wants to do. Uh, but then there's guys, of course, you know, Jimmy Ward's going to be a starter, uh, Tavarius Moore. He'll probably play some slot as well, or, or, or nickel, sorry. He'll play nickel, uh, especially if Al, uh, if, if K1 Williams' uh, ankle acts up. He will definitely play slot. He was a corner in college, and a corner is first string in the NFL and transitions last season to safety. I think we'll see a lot more of him this year because, let's be honest here, he's a ball hawk type of guy. I talked to Grant Cohn about this about a month ago. He's a ball hawk type uh, type safety, a uh, ball hawk type player. Anywhere you go, he seems to have his hands on or near the ball. Uh, so he'll be a valuable piece to have for San Francisco. Chukowski uh, Tart, obviously, starting strong safety. Uh, when it comes to the rest of the safety group, I've seen some 53-man rosters that have Jonathan Cyprian making the team. I'm not too sure about that. To me, it would be hard to cut guys like Marcel Harris or, or try to practice squad those guys because, let's be honest here, they're not going to make it through waivers. Uh, but a guy like Jonathan Cyprian would make it through waivers. Now, and even guys like Jared Maiden, who he's had a quiet but good uh, training camp as well from Alabama. And so we'll have to see... Uh, what San Francisco does in the secondary. Hopefully, guys like Harris and Maiden make the team. I think they have a lot of potential, uh, but more so Harris and Maiden because Maiden could, I think, make it through the practice squad or make it to the practice squad with no problem. Uh, but guys like Cyprian, uh, these veteran guys who I think are mo- who should be more prone to be the veteran practice squad designated kind of player. Uh, I know Cyprian said, I'm roster robust which may be his downfall, but also could save him. I have no idea what's in Shanahan or Lynch's mind, but I think it would be a mistake to not keep guys like Marcel Harris, who maybe don't cover tight ends very well, but but did play really good in coverage last season without Jaquiski Tart uh, on the field. Uh, but there is one person that I want to talk about, and this kind of this kind of mixes together these two categories here in regards to my biggest surprise and letdown of camp and a player who I think is my biggest surprise is running back Jamichael Hasty. I've only heard one bad thing about Jamichael Hasty. 
is that his hands are somewhat inconsistent. Uh, other than that, nothing has been uttered or worded to me that have been negative towards Jermichael Hasty. Uh, I have been told and I've heard from Cam Inman on 95.7 The Game uh, and, and plenty of other people that Jermichael Hasty is an NFL caliber running back. Now he has outperformed guys like Tevin Coleman all training camp. Now, that isn't saying that Hasty's going to be number two running back on the depth chart. That's not what that means. What that means is, is that I would not be surprised if Jermichael Hasty makes this roster as the fourth running back. I've heard he's outplayed Jeff Wilson Jr. all training camp. I heard he has, here, this is how I'll say it. The San Francisco 49ers literally told beat writers, stop writing about Jermichael Hasty because we do not want other teams to know how good he is. In case we want to put him through waivers, we do not want him to get claimed because he's that good. Pretty much, please stop talking about him. We don't want anybody else to figure out how great he's going to be or how great he is. And so, again, that's another tough decision to make because obviously Moser's making the team, Coleman's making the team. Uh, McKinnon, finally healthy, he's making the team. So that kind of leaves Jeff Wilson Jr. But And, and I put this out there a couple days ago on Instagram. Uh, by the way, follow us on Instagram, 49ers.access. Follow me on Twitter, 49ers underscore access. That would be great. I would appreciate that. Uh, so the, the, the soft plug there <laughs> for social media. But uh, I've heard that, that Jeff Wilson Jr. could be the guy uh, on the outside looking in. But I also wouldn't be surprised if guys like Debo Samuel's not healthy, Brandon Ayuk's not healthy. I wouldn't be surprised if San Francisco kept five running backs only because they can use Jarek McKinnon in the passing game. And that would kind of give Hasty a way to play running back if and only if the Niners receivers are not healthy. Now, again, I am not privy to the medical records of the 49ers, uh, I will get that news as soon as everybody else will, or as soon as I text, uh, as soon as I text some contacts and people I know. But but just if you see the name Jamichael Hasey and you're not sure, I'm telling you, be confident. The Niners love him. Shanahan loves him. He's an undrafted free agent. The Niners were so comfortable uh, in in letting Salvin Ahmed go, who was more of the hyped up prospect as an undrafted free agent. Washington, they just let him go. He, they said, Hasey's our guy. This is the undrafted free agent guy we like. And people, uh, including Cam Inman, who many of you know and follow on Twitter, have uh, have compared him and his speed and impact in camp to that of Matt Breida. So I know many of you were sad Matt Breida was traded, but the Niners may have the next Matt Breida already on the roster in the form, in the name of Jermichael Hasty. He's been that good. He's been that fantastic for the Niners this training camp. My biggest letdown this far, it's honestly hard to say because I genuinely think I would go with Akella Weatherspoon, not for the fact that he's played bad, just for the fact that he really hasn't improved. And and, and, and if, and if I wasn't going to pick Weatherspoon, and this may be kind of bad, I'd pick Javon Kinlaw. 
And that's not because, you know, I don't like him, I didn't like the pick. I've just heard, again, from people that he has not shown the ability to be an every-down player. He's a rookie, he'll grow, he'll learn, so there's no worry there. But when you get rid of a guy like DeForest Buckner, when you get rid of someone, uh, essentially a swap that saves you money, when you think about it, and you're in the middle of a Super Bowl window, yes, there is some room to kind of give a player like Kinlaw time, and who knows, by week eight, he's a monster. But as of right now, as of, what is it, uh, a week and a half from opening day against Arizona at home at Levi Stadium with no fans, uh, Javon Kinlaw has not proven himself to be an every down back. That means guys like Solomon Thomas, who has been talked up a lot in training camp, guys like DJ Jones, who we saw the impact he made last year, Ronald Blair, Julian Taylor, guys like that will get a chance. Guys like that who deserve a shot will get a chance. Uh, Because Kinlaw has not cemented himself as the number one guy yet. And that's okay. He's a rookie. What is he, 22, 21? Uh, Hasn't played a snap in the NFL. But that's what I've heard. Well, it's not a concern. You certainly have to say, well, he's replacing one of the best players the Niners had on defense. And so if that impact is gone or lessened to a, a high point, it's kind of a letdown. Uh, but but there is one more other thing I want to get into, and that's my week one prediction. I'll go more in-depth with this before week one. We'll do a podcast next week, too. But my week one prediction, I talked about this with Coach Yak around a month and a half ago. I have the Niners winning 26-20. to 20. I think it'll be a low-scoring game, surprisingly, for Week 1. We do not see a lot of fireworks unless you're the Patriots last year against the Steelers uh, and, and, and games like that. But uh, we'll see a lot of Mostert, Coleman, McKinnon, uh, kind of getting McKinnon settled back into a role. Might see some Jordan Reed. Uh, with no Ross Dwelly, might see some Charlie Warner uh, and guys like that. Uh, but I think it'll kind of be one of those games where the Niners go, to save ourselves from injury... We're going to pound the ball all game until you can't stop us. We saw San Francisco do that uh, all year last year. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Shanahan put the ball in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands like he did in that Minnesota game where he says, look, uh, you said Jimmy Garoppolo can't throw. We're going to pass the ball down your throat for one drive, put seven on the board, and then we're going to run the ball for the rest of the game. Uh, so I, I could definitely see the Niners doing so, which is why I think it's going to be kind of a slow, methodical game. Uh, the defenses have improved on both sides. People don't want to hear that, but the Niners secondary is better if Verrett's healthy, uh, especially with Tavares Morey, third year in the system. Uh, I know he's a bench player, but still, it's important. Uh, again, if Warner's not there, that, that may switch, and again, we'll go into that in more detail later. But Niners, week one, a, a soft prediction before I know anything else. Uh, 26-20, San Francisco rolls out of Levi Stadium and heads to New York for Week 2 and 3, uh, and they are 1-0 to start the 2020 season and to start the Revenge Tour. Thank you for wasting your time and listening to my self-talk. Uh, I really appreciate all the fans out there. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Instagram, 49 access and Twitter, 
49ers underscore access. Like, share, and subscribe to the podcast on Anchor, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. We are everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Uh, And we have a lot of big news coming up. Uh, I'm sure you saw on Twitter, I'm joining the Niners Noir team. And we'll also be doing a podcast with them. It'll be fun. It'll be great. Niners Nate on Twitter, he will join me. Uh, Not sure it'll be weekly, but it'll be uh, a fun time for Niner fans. So subscribe and listen here and subscribe and listen there as well. And until next time, stay faithful.